What is up gamers and streamers and welcome to another episode of The Web Show. If you're tuning in live right now on Twitch, I'm so glad that you're here. If you're tuning in later, either through whatever medium you enjoy to consume your podcast or YouTube, thank you so much. I am your host, Webby Pumpkin, the one and only. Super excited about this. Thank you so much chat here live that are already chatting it up. Guys, we have some really interesting topics to talk about tonight. Just as a reminder, if you are watching live right now on Twitch, I'm a little weird when it comes to chats, not like I normally am in a stream. So if you specifically want me to see something that you have a question or or whatever the case may be, be sure to add Webby Pumpkin in the chat. That really helps me out a lot. Let me give you an overview about what we're going to be talking about today so far. A little bit of gaming news to kick things off. Uh, Got to watch a YouTuber, Kevin Kinson, who's been able to spend a pretty good bit of time with the Xbox Series X. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the things that he uh, has discovered and some interesting things, especially in light of everyone being so nervous about the console possibly overheating. And then the big topic of the day, is Twitch viewership dying? I took a look into some of the numbers, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. Can't wait to just see how that's going to go. And then, uh, last but not least, we're going to be doing a little bit of Level Up, where we're going to talk about ways that you can improve your stream as well as your gaming experience. Super, super excited about that. Dungeon Diver in the chat, you asked who's joining you this evening. I don't have anyone on the docket, but if you are if you are available, Dungeon, I'll get you in. We'll bring you in and do like a surprise thing that we've never done on the podcast before. We'll get you in and we'll talk about some of these things because it's going to be super exciting. So let me know. Hello, everyone else in the chat. Super glad that you are here. Thanks so much for the love and support. Let's kick things off. Oh, actually, before we kick things off, if you are listening, uh, as a reminder, you can follow me on Facebook Gaming as well as on Twitch, twitch.tv slash webbypumpkin. Facebook Gaming is fb.gg slash webbypumpkin. If you guys are enjoying the podcast, I would love for you to come hang out Anytime, Thursday, Friday, or Saturday, awesome, awesome times happen. Super, super excited to hang out with you the next time you decide. And if you do come from the podcast or from YouTube, let me know you came from there. That'd be really, really cool for me to find out. All right, let me talk to my wife and I'll get back to you in just a moment. Sounds like a plan. All right, guys, we may have the one, the only Dungeon Diver join us in just a little bit. If not, we'll jump right in with some Xbox news. We'll start with the news because I'm sure he wants to talk about these numbers. It'd be really, really cool. Uh, Xbox News. So Kevin Kinson, like I said, a really popular YouTuber. If you don't know him, check him out. Awesome, awesome guy. He got one of the testing units for the Xbox Series X and has spent a pretty good bit of time with it. And some interesting things that came up that I just want to talk about real quick, just touch on real quick. Uh, Probably the most notable thing that he had to say had to do with the backwards compatibility of the unit. Now we know the Series X is backwards compatible with everything that you can currently play on the Xbox One. So if you have an Xbox One, Xbox One S, Xbox One X, it doesn't matter. If you can play the game on that console, you can play that game on the Series X. But what's interesting to know is that Kevin says, I'm good to go. Just let me know when and where to go. Awesome. Welcome, Dungeon, to the web show. Hi, guys. How are you doing? (laughs) How are you doing, Webby? I'm doing well, man. If you guys don't know Dungeon, I'm going to give him a chance also at the end when we do level up so he can shout him out. Definitely go check this guy out. Awesome guy. Member of Team Gamer Family or something else to come. We'll find out. It's super, super hey. exciting. 
All right, bro. So we're just jumping into some news about the Xbox real quick, uh, the Series X specifically, which I'm super excited about. I know a lot of people are super excited about. Uh, one mm. of the things I'm most excited about with it, though, is just how much power is going to be packed into this console and what that's going to mean for us moving forward as far as like how well older games are going to play. So Kevin right. Kinson on YouTube actually had a chance to hang out with the Xbox and really get hands-on, play a bunch of older games and everything. So I'm just reviewing some of the stuff that he talked about. Backwards compatibility is awesome. Uh, he had to say he had this to say that it plays a lot of the older games really, really well. And that's really interesting because most of the games are not actually optimized for the Xbox Series X yet. I think the only one that yeah. I can think of right off the bat is like uh, Gears of War 5. Uh, but even with that, we're seeing higher frame rates on older games and faster load times. And it's pretty seamless experience. Uh, which is pretty cool. Gears of War 5, like I said, is optimized. It's a full 60 frames per second the entire way through, except for <clears> video. <throat> I think video might drop, like the cutscenes might drop down to 30 frames just because that's how they were done. Uh, but everything right. else is 60 frame. Uh, he said it was buttery smooth, like uh, running the PC version in all ultra settings. So all lighting, detail, everything is prettier. So I'm super stoked to check out what's going to happen with that, with that Series X. I'm still planning on picking up one. Any thoughts on that? I have, uh, thankfully, I have a couple of family members and close friends that are getting them apparently guaranteed launch day. Um, Pre-orders paid for, all of that. Um, But I actually watched a video along the same lines from a different YouTuber like you did. And um, so they they checked a couple of games that weren't optimized just to see the differences. Um, For instance, Doom Eternal. Uh, It was Linus Mm -hmm. Tech Tips did a Doom Eternal same TV uh, just two different, two of the same TV, and then a Xbox One X and a Series X side by side load times everything. Um, apparently, the Series X from a full power off, so unplug the power box and everything can still do quick resume on almost any game. Yeah, that's one of the things so, that I have written out here. That's really crazy. Like power goes yeah. out, unplug it, it doesn't matter. Quick resume works up. Kevin actually tested it on up to 10 games running at a time and he went back to the first game he started and it still worked that's insane i didn't know it went that drastic um but in terms of the the uh optimization um the series x looks slightly better um but like you were saying there are a lot of games that haven't fully been optimized um gears 5 obviously currently being the main one that like everybody's pushing for and then pretty much anything after launch. So I'm what I'm curious to see is the difference after launch, i.e. Uh, Cyberpunk. Yeah. And what the One X versus the Series X will actually be, because I, I feel like we're not going to get an actual benchmark until then. I think you're absolutely right. I just appreciate Xbox for sending out something, though. I wish PlayStation mm-hmm. would do that so we could get, like have hands on that PS5. Since we talked about Quick Resume, though, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit to something else that I have that's pretty interesting, and that's the new Xbox app. So especially for you iPhone users, that's pretty Mm -hmm. much your only option as far as connecting your mobile device to your, as far as we know now at least, to your Xbox. Right, yeah, there's there's not really much else we can do. Yeah, hopefully, you know, I it's still kind of in talk about what's going to happen with xCloud on iOS, but this was something mm-hmm. really neat. So Kevin checked out, because he had premiere access to the Xbox app for iOS as well, which can basically do cloud play. Well, it's not technically cloud play. It's kind of like what we have already, where you can connect to the Xbox Series X over the internet and play your games. Uh, what I thought was really interesting to that is that the, uh, shoot, what is it called? I have it written down there, Quick Resume 
actually mm-hmm. is a part of the Xbox app as well. So he was able to oh, play wow. a game that he wasn't even playing on the X on the Series X console. Turn that off. Go to the Series X. Play another game, and then when he came back to his phone and opened it up, the same game and everything, it was in the exact same like suspended animation that it was in right. whenever he closed it. So not only up up to at least ten games by what he tested can be mm-hmm. quick resumed, but also if you're playing on the new Xbox app whenever it comes out, those offer quick resume as well, which I think is an yeah. absolute game changer. It's going to be like you'll never really be disconnected from your games. I don't feel like so it's super cool. I'm wondering, um, do you know anything about the connection process? Do you have to still be on the same Wi-Fi? Because I know there are a couple of programs already for Android that allow you Mm -hmm. to connect to your console. Um, So there are already PS4 streaming and Xbox streaming apps. But I don't know if, say, I go out to dinner with my family and I'm bored. (laughs) And I just want to pull out my phone and like, you know, check Halo real quick. Are you able to do that? I really don't know. I would, but I would be thoroughly surprised if you can't. Now, obviously, with XCloud, you're supposed to be able to, but with this right. app, I'm not really sure because I, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's having to piggyback off of the console itself. So for iOS okay. users, we just may be out of luck when it comes to that. But I would hope not. It'd be more like a like a Wii U kind of situation where you yeah. just got to be within a certain proximity. Okay, that's what I think. Now that's unconfirmed. <clears throat> I really hope it's not the case though, because even with current gen. If you can play it, compare it to what PlayStation has with the, uh, I think, PS4 Remote Play is what it's called, you mm-hmm. can use that anywhere. Now, it does have like optimization, so you can use it on a local network and not worry about internet, but as long as you have uh, 5 um, megabits per second up and download speed on both your console end and whatever device you're streaming it to, whether that be a laptop or your phone or whatnot, as long as you have at least 5 up, 5 down on both of those, you can actually play it on any network which was totally wow. not what okay. I did whenever I was uh, waiting in the library between classes whenever I was in college. Totally not what I did. <laughs> but it was awesome because you could. I mean, it was awesome. Cool. Yeah. Uh, another thing I guess we'll jump into real quick when it comes to the Series X that a lot of people were concerned about is there's been a lot of reports that the console is actually getting really, really hot. Uh, and you may have heard a little yeah. bit about that already. I per- My personal opinion is that this is a high-powered electronic, and high-powered electronics get hot. What's important is if that heat is exiting the console, as long as it's not staying in there so it doesn't burn anything up. Kevin has some words to say on that also. He said uh, they actually put like a laser temperature gun on it, and the highest temperature that they got was 138.7 degrees Fahrenheit. And, I mean, that's hot. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of heat coming out, but that's completely cool enough to be in safe operation. Uh, and on top of that, he also said that not only was it putting out that heat, that was like the hottest that it got while playing Gears 5 for about an hour. Uh, mm. It actually was pretty quiet. So it kicked, the fan kicked on pretty high during that game, but it, was not no, like, it wasn't noticeable. It was pretty quiet. So that's pretty yeah. exciting. I think that can change as we see games become more developed to really maximize on the capability of this console. We may see it get hotter. We may, Hopefully it won't turn into like the jet airplane that my PS4 is. But... Well, it's uh, my Xbox One as it aged. So I had, uh, up until recently, I had the Advanced Warfare Xbox One. So I I believe it came out uh, April of 2014. So just about six months after launch. Mm -hmm. Um, And it ran great for a while. And then over time, you know, consoles start to die down. Now it was, uh, it got to the point during the winter that I didn't need to turn my heater on. I turned wow. my Xbox on and played Call of Duty for a little while, and it heated up my entire room. 
Now, uh, we were talking about, you said it got up to, what, about 137? Yeah, right at 138.7 uh, inside. Yeah. So with the, the laser pointed through the vent holes on the top. Okay. My computer running at idle right now with only, you know, Discord running. And I believe, uh, yeah, I have your stream up with two tabs on Google Chrome. I'm at about 127 myself, up to a peak of 140. And those are good numbers for yeah. a computer. So the fact that the console is running at that um, after an hour of gameplay, those are solid numbers. I, I don't see that being an overheating problem, although as games get graphically more uh, intrusive and upgraded, I definitely could see you know having to buy those intercoolers you see advertised at GameStop that you look at it and go, why? And then you know, you're like, okay, maybe I do need it. I'm pretty pleased with the way that it's handling just airflow and everything already though because mm -hmm. i mean 138 you, you're right that's an amazingly cool temperature for an hour of not just any gameplay either the only game that's currently optimized for the series x so that's that's really the best you can throw at it until like right. dirt 5 or something comes out not that dirt 5 is like graphically the best thing that's going to happen for the console but it's the it's one of the most anticipated games right now to be able to make take advantage of that 120 frames per second. So I'd be interested oh, to see what's going to happen. Definitely, yeah, yeah. it's it's definitely going to put some heat in, yeah. in the the GPU is going to be where where all that heat comes from. The fact that Dirt pushes the limit on graphics in almost everything that they do, um, it'd be it'd be as crazy if as if they brought Crisis Remastered. Yeah, because that that's the new benchmark for everything. If you watch any tech YouTuber, they're using Crisis, uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider, mm -hmm. and um, then they use CS:GO just to see how high they can make it go. But um, yeah, and then Dirt as well. And Dirt puts some hurting on some even like current gen graphics. the The 2080 Ti was having a hard time maintaining, you know, 120 to 144 FPS at peak graphics. So once once that game comes out, it's definitely going to put some heat in that console. We're going to see where it actually goes. I'm really eager to see the longevity of the life of the console of that type of heat mm -hmm. as well. Because if you've looked inside of a build of these Xbox or of the Series X, the graphics card on it is so squished, like everything oh, is yeah. like so compact in that thing. And it's got one, albeit a pretty massive fan, that's pulling every bit of the air from the bottom out of this thing. So it's, I mean. It's got good airflow, evidently, but that's a lot of heat in one spot with only one yeah. exit. So I'm eager to see. My hope is that these things have probably been benchmarked for a long while. Because even the one that Kevin has his hands on is not the final. Like, we'll have a final mm -hmm. when on launch day. But surely, you know, Microsoft has already tested this thing for, you know, 600 plus hours. hundred hours, yeah. yeah. Just to see, okay, can is, are we going to, like, burn out a chip? Are we going to... Is our, or are we going to melt the motherboard on this thing? Eh, probably not. So I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about that. Um, the only other thing I have... Oh, okay, so this is something cool. Speaking of graphics, though, the Xbox mm -hmm. is offering this thing, and I don't, you may have heard about it already. It's called Auto HDR, which is really neat. And if you haven't heard... Yeah, if you haven't heard about it, basically what it does is it takes games that do not have uh, high dynamic range or HDR, and it adds mm. the best yes. it can. It adds it through AI learning. Um, it's not perfect, so there are a few games that have it like turned off in like the soft the developer, the software developer can decide, you know, if they look at it and they're like, hey, this is actually right. making my game bad, they can program it to to go ahead and not do that, uh, or mm -hmm. you can turn it off yourself. So if you feel like something's wonky along the line, like 
or later on when you get a game, you can turn it off. You can even just turn it off temporarily. So say, you know, three hours and then it'll come back on. But I think that's actually insane. I'm super excited about that. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that um, as time goes on, they'll kind mm -hmm. of update it and kind of, you know, from either streams or just uh, feedback. You know, I, I know they, they do a really good job of monitoring uh, what's going on um, in terms of online play and everything and seeing different TVs and different things, YouTube videos. I mean, Microsoft pays attention, contrary to popular belief. Um, so I'm hoping they kind of get that voice from the public and are just like, okay, maybe we tone down the low lights, bring up the dark lights, and they can make that an incredible thing where you could bring life to an old game you haven't played in 10 years. And now you're like, all right, cool. I don't have to buy it again. And it looks like a whole new experience. It's going to really change the way that we see remasters, especially like yeah. the remasters like we've been like, unless it's like a full like Spyro Reignited Trilogy, Crash Bandicoot, like rebuild this game from the ground up type thing. Mm -hmm. You almost don't really need it because it's a built in remaster because that's that's already going to be just as good, if not better than what we saw with like the remastered versions of Final Fantasy X which really right. didn't do anything but smooth out polygons, essentially. Like, that's all that really yeah, happened. Yeah, just, it was, instead of being uh, an octagon, it was almost a circle. Yeah, that's yeah. basically right. So I'm, um, I'm super excited for that. They're getting ready to release, I, I believe uh, there's a remaster of Need for Speed Hot Pursuit that's going to be coming out at the beginning of next month. And uh, my, my wife has been obsessed with Hot Pursuit and Hot Pursuit 2. So we, we were talking about it and we were very excited and had that discussion where it's like, do we get it beforehand or do we wait until post-launch and find out if it's actually remade or if they were just like, we made it a little bit more pretty. Mm -hmm. I don't like so, the we makes it a little more with, pretty thing. With that HDR, it could bring that whole just we're going to make it more pretty and you don't have to buy it again. And that's, that seems like a really nice thing. I agree. I think that's going to be a real big win. All right. Mm -hmm. uh, the only other two things, a uh, little bit about the controller and the memory card. We'll jump to the memory card since we already talked about heat. There were worries. And there was even a video that was circling around on the internet of a guy taking the memory card <clears throat> out of the back of the Xbox series X and touching the metal part of it. And it was so hot that he dropped it. Uh, Kevin did the same thing. He he played the uh, he played a game directly off of the memory card, pulled it out, put his hands on it, and he was like, "I mean, yeah, it's hot. Do I have to drop it? No. So I don't think we're gonna have to worry about that at all. And the card has like a plastic handle that if mm -hmm. you use that and you hold it, he said it's not. You can't really even notice anything. It's just fine. Uh, what I thought was more interesting about the memory card, though, unless you have a comment on the heat, I'm just curious why you would touch the metal part if it has an obvious handle like i understand the the thing that sucks right now with the review models and everything coming out is they're sending out review models to everybody not double checking if they're going to talk bad about it mm -hmm. and i mean obviously you don't want to like it's illegal to just go hey i'm going to send you this but you have to say good right but at the same point kind of you know be a little bit more careful because for all they know they may that guy may have just been a playstation fanboy that was like i just want to talk bad about the console because i don't see any situation where you would think okay i just turned off my console that i gamed on for hours let me touch the metal part that was inside of this computer mm -hmm. because that's what the xbox is now it's not a gaming console anymore it's a supercomputer that sits in front of your tv yeah um, so it's going to get hot. 
I mean, but at the same point, like what Kevin was talking about, I I doubt it got hot enough to burn anybody. No, it didn't. And even if it did, it, those things cool down so quickly that there's there's no way. I don't think. I mean, I could see touching the metal just like if it's quick. The only, I mean, because mm-hmm. I could see pulling it out because Xbox is you know boasting that you can hot swap. So even while the console is on, you know, if you if you have gears of war on this memory card but you or maybe you're at a friend's house and you brought your copy of gears of war because you didn't want to download it on yours but now you guys want to play call of duty call of duty which is also just as big so like you can exit the game yeah pull it out put the new one in i could see why you do it after hours of playing and but i also see why they put the handle on it for that reason but i i don't really think that there's going to be any issues like don't touch it to you know your tongue like any sensitive part of you but like yeah i don't think it's going to be a big deal What's really interesting to me, though, what made it so hot is playing directly off of it, which if you don't mm-hmm. know, uh, for any of us, any of our listeners, this actually slides directly into the motherboard of the Xbox, which is super cool. So it's supposed to, or it boasts the same speed, the same performance as the one that's actually built into the console. Uh, based on what Kevin told me, and I'm interested because I'm sure that they tested that with Linus as well with what you watched, that seems to be exactly the case it's just as fast it showed no no less performance he even tested copying something from the internal memory to the external memory say i have years of war and i want to take to my friends but it's on my internal i need to copy it real quick and mm-hmm. that's about a, a, I think that's the one he did it's about 120 gigabyte game it took right at three minutes to move the entire game wow that's stupid fast that's so fast now, the other the other thing um there's there's one fear and one question. So as as I, I know that you work with you know videography and photography and stuff, so you understand yeah. working with memory cards and everything. Um, the idea of hot swapping is terrifying. Yeah, that that literally just screams corrupted memory, broken save data, just like everything. So like, I can't wait to see that in action because I want to see it work. That could revolutionize everything in a sense mm-hmm. that could fix camera problems you know hard drives in a pc uh sd cards and phones if this technology really works the way that they say it does um and then uh on the subject of you know you having gears on your console and putting it on your hard drive to take over to your buddy's house um does that game work on their console right away or do you have to sign into the account and then are you forced to be on your account to play it um, or can you just, you know, leave your hard drive with your buddy and trade, and then you have your buddy's games and he's got yours? Like, I want to know how that works because right now they're very strict mm-hmm. with um, account assignment to certain games that have been paid for. Um, I game share with my mom, and um, all of the games that I've purchased, she can play on her Xbox, and everybody can. Um, but because I am the home console on hers. I'm the only one that's allowed to play my games on my Xbox. If my wife signs in, she can't play anything that I bought. And so it's it's really interesting how that system works. And and I want to know what they're doing with that moving forward. I'm pretty sure, based on just what I believe to be the case, that you would have to be signed in at your friend's house if you played it. Uh, I think the idea would be, in theory, though, you take Gears over there and you guys play multiplayer or split-screen online together mm-hmm. would be what it, what it is, which... It may be less likely to even see that because I don't know very many co like couch co op split screen games anymore. 
I mean, I there think are there, a couple. There's like one that got released last week, but most mm. of them seem to be there. There are a handful, and they're they're definitely a dying breed. But there are some good ones out there. Um, yeah. but they're all on Game Pass, you know, and they're yeah. like one or two gigabytes at this point. It doesn't even matter. Right. So I think I mean that's the only reason I could see doing it, but I'm almost certain that whoever owns like the license for the game, that licensure from your purchase is going to be the mm-hmm. account that has to be signed in. I don't because I, mean, I feel like Microsoft could get in a lot of trouble themselves if they didn't do something like that because then they they kind of have to answer to whoever the publisher is, whoever owns the the right to that game. Like, hey, we basically just made a way for people to pirate your games and like because what's stopping me from buying the game at that point and buying five hard like hard drives and selling them say i bought the game for 60 bucks but i'll sell you a hard drive on like or i'll put it on your hard drive for 30. that's fair yeah because i was i was gonna say you know they that that kind of breeds the whole like you know if i had call of duty and i beat it and then i gave it to my buddy but being able to burn it to a couple different hard drives yeah that'd be a little it literally um, would be 2020 CD burning all over again. Yeah. The the thing that's similar, though, to that system that you're talking about, you know, where they do have it on multiple systems at once, um, my, my uh, brother's friend actually got in a lot of trouble with Sony for doing something similar. Sony allows multiple console family share. Mm-hmm. So one person can buy a game and share it to, you know, four or five people. Um, so my brother's friend was doing that with him, but was charging other kids. It was like, you can have my account information with all of my games, but you have to pay me, you know, $5 a month. And he's, he's a 14 year old kid in his freshman year of high school and just wanted to make some extra cash and got to the point he was making some serious money doing it. And Sony realized his account was being downloaded on, you know, 10 or 15 different consoles and immediately came after him wow and he he actually is banned from playstation plus for two years because of it wow that is a 14 year old entrepreneur yeah but they're (laughs) they're still allowing that multiple console uh family share where xbox is still strictly just one yeah which you know that kind of sucks for you know a family of four you know, where you got dad and, you know, uh, mom and dad and a couple of kids who, you know, may all want to play Call of Duty together. And I mean, conveniently, Warzone is free, but what if they wanted to play multiplayer? Now you have to at least buy it twice. Right. And that, that, I, that's a big bummer. I've seen that happen because, uh, I mean, I game share with my wife because we both have our own Xbox, but uh, I've mm-hmm. seen that happen like tons with like siblings or sibling in laws where there's more than one kid. So if you have if you're a brother with two sisters or a sister with two brothers, game share just messed you up. But at the time for them the game it luckily it was a free game, but for them at the time it was Fortnite they all wanted to play together. Well, that yeah. game share is what allowed them to share games with gold. So right. they still had to buy games with gold again to be able to play online for that third person and that's just really kind of stinky. So yeah. I I feel like there needs to be they're going to have to adapt, especially with multi like couch co-op split screen, as we said, being a dying breed. There comes a point where, I mean, I would buy a PlayStation as a parent over an Xbox just because I don't want to fork out the additional money down the road. If I know what I'm talking about, if I'm a parent that's informed, 
I don't want to fork out the additional money just because so all three of my kids can play that same game. I don't want to buy the game multiple times. So I, I right probably wouldn't do it unless what I, I mean if we shared one Xbox, I would probably just buy all the games and make that console my home Xbox and let everybody yeah. play it. But I mean, I have uh, I have like it's uh, I can only refer to it as my ghetto rigged setup to support okay. my mom and my stepdad. Um, so my stepdad loves Call of Duty and Dead by Daylight and stuff like that. And then my mom also loves to play Dead by Daylight and Fortnite. Well, I also have Mortal Kombat and all of the other CODs and everything on my Xbox. So they asked mm-hmm. to have access to my account so that they could continue to play all of my old games. So currently my account is signed in on my mom's Xbox. They pay for the Xbox Live, and any games they buy, they buy on my account. Well, my mom bought another Xbox, Mm. and she put one in her room, and she said, oh, well, can I have your account again? I said, well, that doesn't work. So I had to call my brother, who lives in a different state, and say, hey, you have all the same games I do, right? And he said, yeah. So now they're from Alabama sharing with me in Tennessee and my brother in Virginia just to make two Xboxes work for games they're paying for you know they're they're buying games on my account and on his so that they can use them but we still have to have this ridiculous like square setup just to make it work for four people yeah and it's it's been all kinds of a nightmare and then there's my youngest brother with his playstation who's like yeah i game share with five people and i have every playstation game under the sun and i'm like i wish i could do that it's yeah. interesting how Microsoft has this whole thing meshed together. I completely agree. I think they're going to I I think they're going to have to do something cuz that's I don't think that that's sustainable. Like I don't think this is a sustainable model the way that modern families are going or even if it's like a mm-hmm. okay, it's really really common to see families now that are like blended families or you know where mom and dad may not be in the same household so you go back and forth right well say i have an xbox at mom's and an xbox at dad's um but mom and dad don't get along so really those accounts don't get shared so i have a different account at each one that's i don't know that's even another reason I, i would want in that case you know hopefully that kid can just take their own account there but i understand why you wouldn't want to leave it over there if you have like a crazy ex because who knows what they're yeah. going to buy when they're not there. So, Well, and Microsoft's being really weird about it because you would think with quarantine and COVID and everybody, I mean, even still, for the most part, not necessarily wanting to go outside that much. You know, we're mm-hmm. all still sitting at home. You know, we go to work and come home or go to school for the handful of kids that do get to do that. Right. But everybody's still sitting at home and we're still gaming nonstop. And instead of making Game Pass more easily accessible they're out buying, you know, Bethesda. Yeah. And, and Zenimax and then including um was it EA Play. And it's like, okay, cool, you're adding an obscene amount of games, which is incredible for everybody that already has it. But what about making it easier to share it across the home so you don't have Timmy and Sally screaming at each other because one wants to play, you know, Call of Duty and the other one's sitting there going, "Let me play Overcooked." Yeah. It's uh it's really interesting watching their marketing plan moving forward with this new console. I think that's going to be how everything's going. I guess it makes sense to me too cuz I have the belief and I have for a little while now that Microsoft really doesn't care that much about the console. I mean, they want a beefy console, don't get me wrong. 
but mm-hmm. they really care about making their money through the subscriptions. So it would yeah. be less advantageous for them to allow sharing unless take a note. I mean, they, but their buddy buddy with Nintendo right now, like they're having a good time. Take a note from Nintendo. Nintendo has Nintendo online. It's not very good, but they have it and they have Nintendo online family. Also not very good, but it's $10 more and you can share it with like um, six people, I think. So, okay, let's do Game Pass, but now let's make it $10 more or however much more, not too yeah. much more. And then we share it's on it with Spotify. Four people. That you makes know, Spotify sense. does the same thing. Um, I believe uh, Spotify is $10 a month, mm-hmm. you know, for unlimited music and everything. Um, and then you can get Spotify Family, I think, after taxes is like $18 a month. And it's yeah. you and five other people. So it's it's the same thing as Nintendo's service, um, except for Spotify's is monthly, instead of what uh, isn't Nintendo's what twenty dollars a year? Yeah, it's super cheap annually. Yeah, it's like ungodly cheap for what yeah. it is. Well, and that's also because it's not very expensive. But right. if if Microsoft were to go, okay, you want Game Pass and Xbox Live and a family service you know you're you're going to be paying ten dollars a month per person mm-hmm. at, at the normal rate or 15 for uh game pass unlimited and uh xbox live so if you do 15 times five that's 45 dollars. make the deal 30 bucks label it as a family plan and a ton of people would flock to it absolutely oh absolutely that's a great deal that yeah, means and it would it would save everybody massive amounts of headaches especially because there will be those people where there's only three that that want it you know but they want to have it all bundled together Mm -hmm. so now you've got that whole system set up and you've still saved a ton of money on on microsoft's side all right microsoft you heard it first here go ahead and make it happen that's how it needs to be that's how it needs to be i will email you tomorrow i demand my royalties don't worry (laughs) i came up with it that's awesome (laughs) Well, the big topic of tonight that we're jumping into now, I'm super excited about, is I decided to take a deep dive today into uh, Twitch Tracker, which is a website that pretty much has its feelers all through throughout Twitch and pulls a lot of numbers. I feel like you're about to pull on my heartstrings, man. Well, I didn't look at you specifically, so (laughs) we won't get into that, but we can. (laughs) I did look at me. But uh, Honestly, I've been wondering if we're if we're talking about you know Twitch numbers and and stuff in those specifics. Um, as much as I would hate to say it, I'm a prime example. Um, and we'll get more into that later. But if you do want to pull up my numbers to kind of prove a point, you are more than welcome to. Well, that'd be interesting uh, to just have another experience or another like pr- opinion on that because a lot of what maybe want to begin looking into this. And guys, if you're a Twitch streamer that's listening or watching right now you may be in this boat. I feel like over the last month or so, everything is just dropping like flies. Like there's still people here and I'm, don't get me wrong. I'm so grateful for the people that are watching right now, the members of the community, the people in my discord. Thank you all. Like you guys are, you are the reason we do this, but it is noticeable that like my subs are like at 10% of what they were when I like two months ago, Yeah, my followers, we're going to get on that. Uh, I'll come back to the followers, but views, you know, I was, you know, pretty steadily, even on a slow day in those double digits for views. Well, I'm, I'm pretty regularly hanging out in those single digit numbers right now when it comes to views. And technically over the last week or so, or two weeks, really, I've actually been net negative 
in followers uh, for, and I have some theories on that, but for my channel, like for example, just this week, I'm uh, for myself, I'm negative, let's double check real quick. Just this week, I'm negative two, which means that's a good week for me. That's the least drop mm. so far. I've been averaging about negative three followers a day. Uh, that's very discouraging. So I was like, well, what's going on with Twitch? So I decided to look at a couple people. And at the same time, so let me let me brag on myself for a second because I was really proud of this today. I've been feeling like I've been doing really, really bad on Twitch lately. I'm like, man, I can't grow. Nothing's going right. I get on Twitch Tracker. I look at my rank, and I'm in the top five or the fifth percentile of everyone on Twitch. And I'm like, how yeah. can I feel like I'm doing so bad and be 4.22%? Like in the top 4.22% is what it uh what the tracker's telling me what is going on how could that be so then i started looking at some of my friends and i'm like what's going on i started looking at some people and noticed they weren't ranked at all i'm not gonna drop any of those names um because i'm not not trying to do that right. but i was like how is this possible so then i was like okay i got some time forget everything that i've planned this is what we're talking about tonight on the web show what are the numbers looking like on twitch for everyone for every single active account so we're going to dive into that, but feel free to share any of your experience over the last few months and kind of what you're thinking. So uh, I'm, I'm going to start, I'm, I'm going to quickly make this story. Um, okay. But about two years ago, I found out about a game called Genshin Impact, which I have been playing nonstop since launch day. He also hasn't stopped talking about up. it since launch day. <laughs> right, but this, this is what has blown my mind about this whole situation and when mm -hmm. you brought up talking about this, why I was very excited about it. Um, I've been talking about this since I started streaming. Every time there was an update or a beta, I'd sign up. I wanted to be a part of it. I, I have eat, slept, and breathed this game um, since I heard about it. And come launch day, uh, my numbers were slowly dropping before that. Um, I was averaging anywhere from 12 to 16 viewers a day um, last month at the towards the beginning, middle of the month. And then it started to go down, and then Genshin kicked in. And I guess because I had talked about it so much, it kicked in in everybody's head, like, that's where we're going to go. So a lot of people came back. I hit a peak of 14 that day. I've barely seen double digits since. And I've wow. watched my followers either either I've like gotten a couple new followers during a stream, but saw the numbers stay the same. So I, I know I've lost a few that day, or I've just watched it go down overall. And it's been a downhill slope since launch day of this game and the past two and a half to going on three weeks now. And it's it's really interesting because you're watching, you know, the bigger guys, they're blowing up and I hate to do this because everybody is going to call me out for it, but it has a lot to do with Ninja coming back full-time. Okay. Because Ninja's finally back. He's he's averaging not nearly what he was beforehand, but that's anywhere from twenty to 100,000 people that are no longer in rotation for everyone else. You know, Lupo's numbers didn't change. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Dr. Disrespect on YouTube... Tim the Tapman, Symphony, Courage JD on YouTube as well. None of their numbers have changed, but Ninja came in and his skyrocketed, and those viewers had to come from somewhere. That's true. I mean, they did, and he's definitely back, and he's still the most followed, uh, most mm -hmm. followed streamer on Twitch, like somewhere I think right at 16 million followers. 
So it makes sense that he's he's demanding an audience just every time he hits yeah. go live. That makes sense. I'm interested to see how that's going to play, or that bit of the conversation is going to play into the numbers that I pulled. Because I this is let me share my findings with you, and let's talk about I'm, this. I'm definitely interested in your research. So I decided that I wanted to see just overall, like from 20. I pulled went back to 2012. I was like overall. What does Twitch look like since 2012 to 2020? And I'm fully expecting that I'm going to see this huge like jump in the amount of viewers per stream from the time it started, especially with COVID and everything. Like Everybody's just consuming digital content. This is how we're going to see it. I was very right. surprised to see that holistically from around, especially their peak in 2013 at an average of 49.8 viewers per stream. It's never gotten that high again in 2013. And as of right now, the numbers are for September, 24 viewers per stream, uh, an average of 25 viewers per stream so far in October. We're not finished with October, so that's unfinished statistics. I'm like, well, how does something drop by half in just a few years? So let's get really granular. Let's start, I was like, let's dive in. Let's start looking at what's happening because I've been feeling an impact. You've been feeling an impact. What's been happening? What's changed from September to October? Like what's already happening there? And this is what I found. That was really interesting. I looked at a couple different metrics uh, and I looked at our streams. So how many from everyone across the board, how many total hours of anything have been streamed to the platform? Of those mm -hmm. hours that have been streamed, how many of them have been watched? So how many hours has someone watched any content on the platform? How many active channels are there? So channels that are actually doing something. And then while those things were being watched or streamed, how many concurrent channels were live? Like, so channels live at the same time. And how many viewers were watching at the same time? Because if I'm watching, in most cases, if I'm live, I'm probably not able to watch. I mean, I can kind of lurk, but I'm not actively watching someone else stream. If I'm watching as a consumer, if I'm watching you stream, I'm probably not watching no good stream. Or I'm probably not watching right. dream because I can have you all up and technically count as a lurk maybe sort of, but I can really only actively be involved in one chat at a time. That's just kind of how we compartmentalize. So I'm like, Otherwise, let's see what these numbers are like. four going at once and it'd be yeah. a nightmare. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I would not actually do any of you any favors because say you want to have a conversation with me and I've, I've already missed the question. I've already missed everything. So I try not to do that. Yeah. Uh, for the month of September, there were 66,139,920 total hours streamed on Twitch. You ready for this? In October so far, there's been 31,996,158 hours streamed on Twitch. That's a, now October's not done, albeit, but so right. far, that is kind of what I would have expected being about halfway through the month, a decline of 51.62%, or thir about 34 million hours difference. Well, that's half the month, so that makes sense. So I'm like, all right, well, let's see if that number continues to hours watched. Uh, one hours watched, this is crazy. 1,585,584,000 hours watched in September. In October, 799,723,173. That's 49.56% decrease. I'm like, okay, so that's right around the same amount of percentage. So we're seeing that they're comparable. Now let's figure right. out what's happening. All right, is it because of concurrent viewers? All right, are more people... Or, I mean, sorry, concurrent channels. Are more people streaming at the same time? I changed my schedule. Maybe, you know, if, if you and I share viewers, but we're streaming at the same time, it makes sense that we would, by accident, compete with one another. So I'm like, well, yeah. what's going on there? There's got to be, like, a difference there. In September, 
at any given time, there were about 91,861 channels live. In October, only halfway through the month, 91,855. So a difference of six channels or 0.01%. I don't think it's enough to even count as a metric. So that's not no, changing. Not that didn't do anything at all. So where's the drop? And then I decided, all right, the difference has to be how many people are watching at one time. All right, maybe, you know, more or less people are watching. September, um, it was two, let me make sure I said that right, 2,202,200. That's an interesting number. October, so far, or 2,295,856. What that tells mm-hmm. me is that's act, that, that seems to be the case that from September to October so far, we have an increase of 4.25% people watching at the exact same time, uh, or an increase of 93,656 viewers across the entire board. I think it it's hard to know for sure if it's competition. Um, what I think it is, because the numbers didn't change, so that means that you and I streaming at the same time didn't technically measurably affect either either of us in my opinion what's different is more people are watching and maybe people are moving but they're watching it's an interesting thought you say they're watching someone that's not you or i you throw out the idea of ninja so i'm interested to hear what your thoughts are because that makes a lot of sense to me i hadn't actually put two and two together for ninja yet but that's there's okay so if um let's add uh not as a word of law, but another example, um, another social media platform. So, and I know you've already made the joke. I talk about it nonstop. <laughs> if we look at, because, and the only reason that this works out as well as it does and why I'm bringing it up is because Genshin launched on the 28th. So in reality, it's an October game. Right. You know, it did end, it did launch in September, but it was the last two days. Mm-hmm. Um, if you scroll through TikTok and you pay attention to streamers at all, about every fourth or fifth video has to do with Genshin. And there are a lot of people that are streaming that now. And there are, a, and like, it, it'll average anywhere from 33,000 up to about 110, depending on who's doing it. Um, uh, Professor Broman, um, let's see, uh, Dr. Lupo, they both stream it. Um, and then there's a couple of other people on different platforms. But there's a, there's a guy on YouTube who goes by the name Damone who does nothing but Genshin content. Mm-hmm. And he came out of nowhere had uh, at the start, I think he had like 20,000 followers or subscribers on YouTube. And within the last uh, week and a half, that was 175,000 averages anywhere uh, from three to 8,000 viewers per stream. And that's just for that new game. But we also don't know every other new game, indie game, whatever that has come out or what what new trend is going on. Like, obviously, everybody's playing Among Us right now. But, right. you know, there's there's little pockets that pop up out of nowhere for old games. Like, you'll see randomly that, like, 100,000 people want to watch somebody speed run Zelda out of nowhere. Yeah. So I, I've kind of I've been trying to force myself to think, okay what is blowing up right now and i'm not a part of it and that's why numbers are dropping or um you know what like what new guy has come out onto the scene that everybody's obsessed with i.e we were talking about ninja earlier but then you do have those new up-and-coming guys that come out of nowhere 
Yeah. You know, uh, like if we go back to 2016, Dr. Lupo came out of nowhere. Yeah. This guy's only been streaming for four years and has 4.4 million followers and is one of the, the faces of Twitch and YouTube at this point and, you know, travels to cast video games and do all kinds of stuff for tournaments. And he came out of literally nowhere. Yeah. Completely. And so I'm field. just like, I'm, I'm trying to find that guy right now or that girl. I just want to know who's blowing up right now when we just haven't seen it yet. That's really interesting. Like I decided to go ahead and pull up the numbers on Jenshin um, while you were talking about it. Cause I was like curious, okay, over the last, over the last, you know, seven days, even just this week, how, what percentage of all the games on Twitch has been Jensen and how, how many, how many watched hours is it? Like how are people actually mm -hmm. tuning in? And, uh, it actually is sitting in right now at 2%, which doesn't sound like a really big metric, but when you consider all the people that I like those numbers I said earlier that are watching on Twitch, uh, that's like a little over 7 million people or 7 million hours. Uh, watching this yeah. game so i think you're on to something with this game it's crazy that a game that's only as old as it is is on the chart because <clears throat> the most popular game on this chart i'm looking at is called all other games combined so it's crazy that it even like listed by itself uh let's yeah. see average channels let me just change that around I yeah mean, if i so looking at it from twitch tracker Mm -hmm. Right now, it is uh, as of this moment of us speaking is ranked 14th on Twitch with 30,000 uh, live viewers in this moment with 2,800 people currently streaming. Um, average per day is about 3,000 with peak being almost 6,000 people just streaming it. Uh, viewers um, has gone uh, from the lowest actually being right now at about 30,000 to their peak being 214. Um, but what's interesting is it says viewers per channel. They're averaging about 15 people per streamer with 7 million, like you were saying, about 7.5 million hours watched. But yeah. if you look at the, the uh, charts for it, it, it goes up and down. You know, mm -hmm. but a monthly chart starting, you know, at launch to where we're at now, it's downhill. Yeah, quite a lot. And Absolutely. and it's it's falling off. So it's now kind of like, all right, cool. What game's coming next? What's going on? You know, uh, you know what it's, I'm on? It's, it's hard to follow these trends. You know what I'm honestly thinking might have contributed a little bit to the immediate burst of Jenshin? Uh, because all it, publicity is... I mean, good or bad publicity is publicity. Like all publicity is uh, good publicity. The fact is that it's a carbon copy of Zelda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is the first thing that made me want to check it out. I'd heard you talk about it, and then everybody was like, "Oh my gosh, this game is just like Breath of the Wild." So I decided I would watch a review of it. That game is a lot like Breath of the Wild. <laughs> the thing is, they were smart enough that they copied mechanics, but did not copy story and changed the mechanics just enough. Like climbing mechanics are the same, but mm -hmm. when it rains, you don't slip, so they can't they can't be mad about it. Um, the gliding has different gliders, where in Zelda you only have the one. All right, they've they've minutely changed it just enough to avoid the copyright. Um, but where it differs from Zelda is you can beat Breath of the Wild in, uh, if you want to 100% it, about 75 to 80 hours. Mm -hmm. um, I put over 180 hours into this game so far, and I'm nowhere near done. And it's free. 
I will say that while you can beat the game in like in that shorter time, Breath of the Wild, that is, uh, mm-hmm. I and I am something of a completionist myself. I did not beat the game that quickly. I've, I have a, a right at 170 hours in Breath of the Wild, uh, but I also got all of the DLC, so that that makes a big difference because that DLC, especially Trial of the Sword, stupid hard, mm-hmm. stupid. I have to uh, I have to remind myself I'm a bit of a maniac um, because <laughs> I've played every Zelda game. Um, and I've I've one hundred percented everything except for Wind Waker because I hate water travel. Don't be mad at me for that. That's all um, good. I did one hundred percent Breath of the Wild in eighty six hours, including all nine hundred Korok seeds. Dude, because I strategically wiped every area clean before I moved to the next one, so I never once really had to backtrack except for for certain things that I needed abilities for, to which I had a little notepad going, okay, go back here when you have this, or go over to this place when you got that. Yeah. That's a freaking machine, even, dude. <laughs> what? Yeah, I'm, I'm a bit ridiculous. My wife is kind of like that, where she doesn't like to go back and do things unless you absolutely have to. So she played Breath of the Wild for the very first time this year, and I kept making the joke about like people like, where's Animal Crossing? Where's all these like Nintendo games that I've been playing? Where's Pokemon? Where's everything? Uh, and my response was, well, my wife discovered Breath of the Wild and I haven't touched my Switch in three months uh, because she was like <laughs> glued to that thing and she did yeah. everything. Um, but it was interesting because she played a little Zelda. Breath of the Wild was actually my first Zelda experience. That probably is part of what slowed me down because a lot of it was me figuring out what Zelda even is. I'm like, okay, Zelda, Link, everybody knows who they are. Most people even know that Link is a boy. Um and that his name's not Zelda. So I, w- I was pretty much in that vein. <laughs> I was good there. But then, like, all these other characters and then mechanics that continue on, like, from bows and, and, and I guess, Easter eggs from other Zelda games. Like, I didn't yeah. quite get that uh, until later. I did a lot of watching because I, I want to play all the Zelda games, but there's a lot of them. So I was just don't know. Was that the first one you ever played was Breath of the Wild? Yep. First Zelda ever. That's a hard one to hop into. Well, it makes because, it hard to play the others. Yeah, because it n- there's not a single Zelda game that has mechanics that Breath of the Wild does. Yeah, my every next other game. one is is dungeon by dungeon, and it's like okay, cool. So you know, with um with Breath of the Wild, for example, when you go into Gerudo Desert and you get that helmet, then you have to use the helmet to get to uh, Vanaboris and get on and do that. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, Ganon fight the the Blight Ganon. Whereas, you know, uh, you played A Link to the Past, right? The remake? just played it. So it's like, you know, you go through and in the dungeon, you're like, all right, cool, I found the lantern. So now you know you're going to have to have that lantern equipped the whole time. And that's your main item. And then the next time you'll get a slingshot or a bow or whatever, and it's very linear. Mm -hmm. And then Breath of the Wild goes, all right, cool, you can come from the north, south, east, or west, figure it out, we hope you make it. Yeah, that's so so true. I feel like like Link's Awakening gave me a little bit of trouble because like it's very riddly and it doesn't always tell you everything but also Mm -hmm. having played Breath of the Wild first after I kind of got into it I beat Link's Awakening very fast I think I streamed that I had four sittings of streaming that game and I beat Mm -hmm. the game so like and I only played it on stream it was stupid so like most Zelda games are are fairly short um mm -hmm. if you don't want to 100% them like uh was it I think Ocarina of Time the quickest I've done it, um, just just straight through, I beat it in about six hours. Wow. Now, that's after playing it a ton of different times, but the average completion is 
16 to 20. Mm-hmm. So even still, it's not not really all that long. I think the one that that really gives everybody a hard time that's even more difficult than Breath of the Wild, in my opinion, is Majora's Mask. Um, it's, it's nothing but time travel. Yeah, is that the one that has a time limit on the game? Yeah, you got three days. That's and then crazy. you have to go back. And if you complete a dungeon, it's completed when you go back in time. But okay. if you don't complete it, you have to start over. That's nuts. Yeah. I plan but on playing... You, have, uh, like, you basically already have the knowledge, so you can just speedrun it. Uh, I plan on playing... Um, shoot, Ocarina of Time, just because it's still considered one of the best like video games of all time, or 3D video games of all time. So I still plan on playing that. I even got myself a nifty little... Because uh, I want to play it on like a Nintendo controller. I know it's not the right one, but I've got myself the uh, nifty little uh, um, GameCube controller, so it can feel a little more right. Even though I know it's a sixty-four. I'm gonna game. say if if you want to uh, DM me at some point, I will be and and you want to get the adapter, I will send you my N sixty-four. What, dude? That's crazy. I have an adapter already that would, like make it okay, HDMI. Yeah. Uh, that's if nuts. You, <laughs> if you can get me the information, I can send you my N sixty four. I don't have a controller. Okay. So I'll pay for shipping both ways if you just go buy a controller and call it a fair trade. <laughs> but that's yeah, nuts. So, yeah. Um, I have uh, an N sixty four, perfect working condition, um, with the expansion pack and the collector's gold. Uh, cartridge and everything and i can send it off to you so you can have that original 1998 experience and it does stream very well with an adapter like it it uh it will scale it correctly to a 16 uh was it 16 by 9 mm-hmm. so that it doesn't show up as a box and you can have it on there rather than trying to run an emulator that's gonna have to use your computer and risk you know lag and drop frames and stuff like that well, let me tell you about this rigged up setup that I was planning to play it on because, and I'm not really <laughs> sure if it violates TOS for Twitch, but I totally have a emulator set up on my old computer and I was going to run it through HDMI through my capture card because I didn't want to like share, because I don't have the strongest computer in the world for streaming. I didn't want to share right. hardware. So I was like, that's how I was going to play it. I was going to plug everything into that computer, run it in, play it on one monitor. And it was, it was going to be one mess of cords and cables. It was going to be awesome though. So, do you know what the TOS is for emulated games? I don't. So, uh, the rule, the federal rule across the board with emulated games, you are legally allowed to emulate any game you want as long as you own it. Okay. So, um, like, for instance, now here's here's the catch, though. Um, There is a Wii U emulator that can emulate Breath of the Wild. Mm Mm-hmm. So you could play Breath of the Wild in 4K, 60 FPS, looking absolutely incredible on your computer. But you personally own it on a Switch. That doesn't count. Ah, oh, that makes sense because it's not your copy. Yes. So now sense. with, uh, I have 35 N64 games. I can emulate any of those. But uh, the one game I could never get my hands on was Conker's Bad Fur Day. And I've always wanted to play it. And now I could emulate it at home and nobody would know, but that is technically illegal. Right. And also against TOS. And if you so much as mention it, you're banned. Wow, that's crazy. They they will drop the hammer very quickly. That's good to know. Because Nintendo is uh, very particular about their IPs. 
Yeah, there's, um, for instance, they're currently suing somebody on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that girl, she had to go through a complete rebrand because her name was Pokey Princess, and now it's like uh, it's like gaming something. I don't even remember. But she, she literally is all over the news. It's like, girl on TikTok gets sued by biggest game developer, and I thought that was insane. It's absolutely ridiculous to think the links that Nintendo <clears throat> will go to, especially for their golden boy, old Mario. Like They'll really mm-hmm. go to bat for him. But that's definitely something I've seen them like do before. There's even I need a I don't remember right off the top of my head. I don't have it written down. But there's another ROM company that a lot of like fans are really like encouraged by that Nintendo just shut down like today. It's crazy. I was like catching up on news this morning, just on YouTube and everything, and I can't remember the name of it. But it's just all the time, like all the time, Nintendo's like no, no, no. Then even if it's beneficial, other companies get away with it though. Um, have you ever heard of Analog? Um, yeah, actually. So analog makes the Super NT, and then uh, so it's a, a Super Nintendo that plays original cartridges but renders it in 1080p or 4K, and you buy it from them, not from Nintendo. Um, and they're talking about making a Super NT Plus, which is an N64. They just did the Super Analog, uh, which is a Game Boy Advance, and they've been at it for six years. And haven't wow. been caught. But then there were the guys that did, uh, was it Pokemon Uranium? That uh, that hacked ROM where they completely rebuilt the game from the bottom up. And Nintendo shut it down two days before launch. Wow. That's but ridiculous, man. you can man. still find that one online. Awesome. And I, for the first time during a podcast, we're being raided right now. Zarners, thank you so much for the raid, man. I appreciate you. The legend. I'm telling you, I, w- I realized what that my bot you? was not turned on because I was trying to give him a shout out. So now I'm actively trying <laughs> to log in to mix it up so that I can actually shout him out. So right. we'll get there. I just realized I hopped into this podcast like last second and I'm accidentally wearing a Christmas shirt in the middle of October. Hey, that's a tis the season to tis be spooky. The season oh, it's a Zona shirt. Yes. It says make it rain with the song of storms on it. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. Well, bro, thank you so much. I know it was kind of impromptu and last minute, but thank you so much for coming on the show. I try to keep it around an hour so that it's palatable on iTunes and everything as well. Right. So uh, we'll probably be winding down, but to end the show, there's this new segment I've been doing that I call Level Up. And it's an opportunity for myself and now you as a guest to share any little tidbit of knowledge for someone, specifically someone who is just coming on to the streaming scene. Like they've never streamed before or maybe they've streamed a couple times. They don't know what to expect. So I'll give you a second to think about it unless you feel ready. You got the arm up. You look like you're, you're prepared with an answer for this. But if there's <laughs> no, something... That's it, man. Put me on the spot. <laughs> if there's something that like I like to think of it in, in the vein of if something I wish I had known two years ago when I got started. Like, if I could have known this then, where would I be now? So those are the type of things. So, uh, yeah, I'll go ahead and jump thing, jump that off, give you a second to think about it. Uh, but mm. for me, I tend to really be a believer that you can do a stream, and you can be fairly successful with a stream with just about no starting overhead. I mean, obviously, you need a game. or I mean, you don't technically even have to stream a game, but you need the game you want to play. You need some type of broadcaster uh, I do believe that you could, you know, get started streaming directly from your Xbox. Now, is there better options? Absolutely. This is we're talking strictly your start. 
there's just only one piece of hardware that time and time again, when I look at the statistics, when I look at everything that happens, that I can't not tell people to get. That's It's the only additional buy, and it's not a capture card. It's not even a computer. Uh, it's not anything like that. It is that $30 Logitech webcam that you can get at Office Depot. If you're streaming yep. directly from an, an Xbox One, any, it's, it's Windows 10 based. Any webcam that works with Windows 10 will plug directly into that, and you have a camera, or you can use your Kinect. You can use the camera on that. Seven or just that 70% of viewers on Twitch, for example, do not choose a gaming or choose a, a stream purely because it doesn't have a webcam. Like they're like, oh, 70% of people, they don't see a webcam, they don't choose you. It's it's literally could you still be successful? I do believe you could. Is it gonna be a whole heck of a lot harder? Yeah, yeah, you're shooting yourself in the foot for something that's so inexpensive. The the camera you're watching me on right now is one of those just $30 Logitech cameras. Super easy. 1080p, but I think I'm actually streaming in 720 right now. So anyway, that's mine. Does it have a little orange light on it? It's a little blue light. Oh, yours is a little blue light. Mine's a little orange. So mine actually... Oh, no, you said yours is 1080. Okay, mm -hmm. so to add to add a little bit of fuel to uh, your argument. Okay. Um. I have a Logitech my or webcam from Best Buy uh, that was on sale for fifteen dollars, seven twenty p, thirty fps. I run a green screen for twenty three dollars that I put together out of a piece of fabric and some PVC pipe and some needle like little uh, sewing needles to hold it onto the PVC. Has honestly been the best investment ever. Combined total is about what forty three dollars for the combo mm -hmm. and now i am superimposed onto my game without having a square and everything works great um the thing that i wish i would have known that is very small and nobody really talks about it but um i had somebody in stream this morning ask me about it uh in terms of rebranding having a logo made um or just having you know your startup brand mm -hmm. itself put together um should that be your profile picture in my personal opinion, absolutely not. Unless you're, uh, you are known for that. Um, for instance, like the examples that I used was um, neutral. So okay. neutral's uh, neutral is known for having his helmet on during his stream. He's got his Viking helmet and everything. And so his logo is very reminiscent of that. So when you see it, you're like, I know what that guy looks like. I know who he is. Mm -hmm. um but then there's my logo which is you know the spartan like warrior helmet and everything and i'm just a dude that wears hoodies and plays video games but i you know my name is reminiscent of that and i play rpgs so it worked um but if i made that my profile picture they're like oh, who is this dude you know it doesn't really fit so you want to build your brand around yourself you want people to know you and what you're doing and who you are so if you make it a logo, they're less likely to be like, all right, cool. I know who you are right off the bat. I think that's But if a... they check your stream for two seconds, leave, and then see your face on Twitter, they're like, I'm going to follow that guy. That's fair. I think that's a really interesting point. I think logo on Twitch, maybe your logo, because where else would you put it? Like that is your profile picture on Twitch. But elsewhere, like for example, my profile picture on TikTok I, it's a little sneaky, sneaky thing I did. It's a picture of me wearing my logo on a t-shirt. 
that works total game changer and then there's like oh there's that pumpkin guy that's the one he comes out in october that's the one yeah no like that's i completely agree now when it comes to logo if you're going to have a logo please this is extra knowledge that you didn't ask for but i know i know that dungeon will agree because we've talked about the importance of branding a good logo what makes a good logo reckon in my opinion simple recognizable I think those are the mm-hmm. two things that make a good logo. I get so tired of, and I'm sorry if this is one of your logos, but I get so tired of the flavor of the month Fiverr style logos that everybody gets. And I'm like, oh my I, gosh. That's me, chat. Don't worry. <laughs> no. Like you've it, made it. It really is. But I completely understand what you're getting at. Um, the, the tritone, blocky, solid name across the bottom. Yeah. And that's what people <laughs> go for. Now, if you can get something on fiverr and you're on a big budget mm-hmm. and you have an idea but you can't pay for that idea you can't come up with it yourself there's nothing wrong with paying five or ten dollars for something close so when you can't afford it it's not a rebrand it's an upgrade yeah i uh now I'll, that's something you keep in mind I'll add on to that because my my problem here isn't isn't really with Fiverr. If you can get something at a great price on Fiverr, take advantage of that. Spend the money that you save on something else. Keep improving yourself. Right. My issue is that Fiverr has become synonymous with this particular look. And even though your logo says Webby Pumpkin and it says you know whatever it says Webby Pumpkin, it's like this kind of brand and everything. It is yours. It looks just like yours. The problem is it's so similar to so many other people in the in the uh, directory that mm-hmm. you don't stand out to me if you're using that. Like I looked at one, I got a I get things on Instagram all the time and I got invited to a creator that makes logos really really cheap for streamers and he sent me a couple examples and it was like 10 messages back to back to back in Instagram Messenger and I went through them and I thought to myself the only thing that's different is the name and the color. But everything was the same and I was like yeah. none of these stand out that special to me. So I went with something that or I wanted to go with something that was kind of unique and simple and recognizable it's wp in the shape of a pumpkin and it looks a little in my opinion kind of hipstery so i I feel like it stands out and then we did something different with the web show the web show branding is reminiscent of webby pumpkin of my logo but it's its own thing because this is really a different show this is really a different brand so Mm -hmm. yeah so anyway i completely agree there the whole vibe and everything and i i I really like i've had the stream pulled up Mm -hmm. on my other monitor the whole time just to kind of make sure i don't look like a fool myself (laughs) Uh, but the the layout that you have is very simple it's very straightforward but it works and it looks great it's really neat because uh i have it set up so secret that web show thing you see in the background is just repeated over and over and over it's not like a crazy overlay so whenever you like screen shared and everything earlier i didn't have to do anything i kept up with that how did i do it well my screen on my screen that I'm actually on Discord with you on, it's just our picture and black everywhere because I maximized it out and did a color key for black, like true key black, like zero 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 on my screen. So even though you're in a mostly black shirt, I am in a black shirt that doesn't color key out. It's got to be yeah. like true deep black, but everything else is color keyed out. So it doesn't even matter where our our picture or our image is on the screen. It, it all works. If we have a third guest, it'll work. And Discord's yeah. done all the work for me. So, it, you know, it's not even hard, Stream. See? It's it, a little brain power, but it's not even hard. 
Yeah, chroma key is so intimidating for so many other people. Then, and I'm not going to go into a whole other tangent, but OBS makes it unbelievably simple for mm -hmm. somebody that wants a green screen. Um, like I said, I mean, if you, if you look at it, so I know you guys can kind of see on camera. You see where it's like little shiny. Those those are just needles that are just plucked through, but it's just fabric. And then you right click it and hit filter, add chroma key, and literally you're done. Yeah, I mean, if and you want to take some lights on it. If you want to take it the next step, add in those you know lights to because your camera chroma key is picking one shade of color. It's picking that green. So if that green is lighter or darker, then it's mm -hmm. it appears to your camera, especially if your camera's cheaper, as a different shade of green. That right. can make it kind of difficult, and you'll see that fading out. There is also a difference in chroma key and color key. So specifically, well, go ahead. Yeah, this is an eight dollar ring light that I know isn't showing up super well. There we go. It's a little $8 bendable ring light from Walmart that has three different settings. So I can, I mean, I can make it dimmer, I can make it brighter, and then I can make it yellow or orange. Yeah. So no matter what color, you know, you have going on, if you just have two of these for next to nothing, you can position them wherever you need, get that light set up right, and kind of tweak it. And it takes two seconds. Yeah. And then OBS just goes, all right, cool. That doesn't exist anymore. Or you can be like me and go really extra with full light stance. <laughs> oh, don't worry. I have I have an 18-inch ring light in front of me and then Philips Hue on this side. I could turn my entire self blue right now. If yeah, I you could. To. My setup is a, which I have it kind of warm for this setup, but I have a 12-inch ring light that is my face lighting because I really like that. And then I have two light stands on either side that light my green screen because it's pretty big, but I have some soft boxes in the closet. That is not a streaming investment. That is a, I also do photography and videography investment. So I already had that. Yeah. So. See, I can just kind of go with whatever color I want to just based on a little ring on my phone. Yeah. But yeah, this is pretty cool. The ring light that I have is it's an 18 inch don't ever buy an 18 inch ring light it is completely unnecessary and massive overkill for streaming mm -hmm. i bought it for tiktok a long time ago <laughs> long back when tiktok was still profitable and i wasn't married but um you can get a ring light on amazon for what uh you can get a 12 inch for what 30 bucks 40 bucks easy and that takes care of all of your lighting yeah and then you really have no other issue as long as you don't have natural light coming in if you have natural light coming in hang a sheet over it and save yourself yeah because i didn't know that and i actually can't combat that right now um with the way that my streaming setup is i'm in my living room right here off camera is a double wide double tall me uh window mm. and my wife has plants I have to have light at all times, which means I have to adjust my stuff every day to make sure my green screen works because my front door is literally right behind me. Yeah, that gets hard. I have a, the, the uh, window you see behind me is coated <clears throat> in blackout curtains just to try to do that. And then the green mm -hmm. screen, whenever I pull it to, which I, you can see the like panel for it right here on my backdrop, yeah. I'll just slide it right across. And that usually works pretty well but I don't rely at all on even the light above it because it's right underneath my like mounted light in my ceiling fan. So I just rely on all the lights around me to actually light mm. the room because it's just too crazy. All right, yeah. Dungeon, 
bro, you've been awesome. We went a little over time. So thank you guys. If you if you've made it to the end of the episode, <laughs> listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, thank you so much. Dungeon, tell everybody where they can find you. My name is Dungeon Diver. You can find me on Instagram, TikTok, Twitch, and Twitter, all at Dungeon Diver. I believe TikTok is Dungeon underscore Diver. But yeah, I stream uh, Monday through Friday every morning, just hanging out, playing all kinds of RPGs and just about anything else, and bugging Webby almost every chance that I get, which is not often, but I do my best. (laughs) And we just kind of joke around and do whatever comes to mind. So yeah. Awesome. Dungeon, thank you so much for jumping on kind of impromptu last minute there. I really appreciate it. Guys, if you're watching here live in the stream, we're going to continue with some good times right after this, but this will be the end of the web show. Be sure, if you want to catch it again, you can listen on Spotify, on Apple Music, Google, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, pretty much anywhere, even trying to get on iHeartRadio or on YouTube if you want to watch the VOD later again. It should be up sometime tomorrow, so definitely check that out. Go ahead and subscribe if you'd like. Again, thank you, Dungeon, and we will catch yes, all of you guys on the next one. No.